So, we are at episode 8 of the What Happened Next podcast between you and me. I'm kind of going to miss it. I enjoy, I enjoy taking my time and, you know, lighting my candle and just getting myself in the mood to to kind of go through this. It's really, it's really therapeutic for me and possibly a little bit scary that we're coming to the end of it because, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what happens after this. <laughs> but, 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 but. Where did we end last week? I think we left on quite a quite a touching note last week. I think I was quite upset. It was literally um, very reminiscent of where I am now. It was it was nighttime. You know, my candle was lit, my mood lights were on. I was it was very chilled. Had a lovely few hours to myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm in a very similar similarly vulnerable headspace right now, but in a in a more calming way, in a less a less turbulent way. So we will get into episode eight now. I just want to say a quick massive thank you to iPlaySafe as usual for sponsoring this podcast because without them listening to me ramble for so long would not be possible for you um so do make sure you go and check them out i know i say this a lot but please do make sure you go check them out because confident sex is happy sex and it really is a wonderful thing that they are doing making sure that you can share secure and verified STI status with your partners it's 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 the bare minimum it is the bare minimum is to feel confident when you go into any sexual encounter so we're gonna start at the start we're gonna start at the start <laughs> we're gonna start at the start of 2022 now um kind of go a little bit more chronological just to bring us back up to date um so this year in all honesty has been has been quite a difficult one quite a difficult one now i i kind of found myself doing a similar thing that i did last year which is i i moved back home for a couple months to kind of reassess things and figure things out and i actually moved out of my my old apartment in leeds on new year's day um obviously i had all that trouble around them changing the lease and yada 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 um and we agreed that new year's day be sound rather than just before christmas because it would kind of cock everything up um so i moved out on new year's day moved back home and i didn't move back to leeds until may this time this year i was i was home for a lot longer than i thought i was gonna um and in all honesty i i really flirted with the idea of moving to london i thought for a while that i was going to move into london you know like i said i had a lot of career breakthroughs last year 2021 and i kind of was thinking I needed to level up, I needed the next step, I needed to think about what was next. And that to me, it kind of seemed like London because if you're gonna kind of make it anywhere as an influencer, you're probably gonna go to London. You know, I, I've got a good, a good solid network of connections and friends there in journalism, media, sexual health, all of it. And so it kind of felt like it was calling to me at the time. And so for, for all of February, I kind of started looking at, I had kind of had January to take off um, and just have wind down a little bit personally and kind of settle into the new year and reestablish my goals and yada, yada, yada. And then from February, I, I started going to London and I started looking for flats and I started just looking for kind of opportunities. Now, this was a really difficult, difficult thing for me, aside from the kind of broken London housing market and the realization that, you know, there were uh, there were a lot of a lot of potential ways this could go. But it was really it was really scary to be constantly going down to London to look at flat viewings and then be so disheartened as well. Like, I God, I think the worst one that sticks out to me is in the middle of february last year um a car it was somewhere near bow i was near i remember getting off near bow um and i was like 
looking for a flat, went on a spare room, found one, and I said to the guy, look, I, I live up in Leeds, but I'd love to come down and check it out. And he was like, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's 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 pretty chill. I'm not in a hurry to get it let, so just come down when you can. So I did, and I got there. And it was a two-bed, uh, like, it was a two-bed, two-floor flat. So it was like a house, but it was in a block of flats. It was really, really strange, but it was cool. Um, and on the surface, everything seemed fantastic. He seemed pretty chill. Um, took me upstairs to the bedroom, uh, which was in my room, and it was full of his stuff. And I was like, oh, this is fine, I guess, fair. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's obviously got his own stuff in there at the minute. Um, but there was, like, stuff as if he was living in there. And I was like kind of questioning it and looking around and he was just like oh yeah like sorry I am currently sleeping in this bedroom and I was like what I was like what do you mean um I didn't want to be rude but I was just like what can you like clarify what you mean by sleeping in this bedroom and he was like yeah he was like I kind of I kind of um swap between both the bedrooms depending on how messy either one of them is but obviously I'll get it cleaned up for you for when you're here and I was just like, mate, that's a bit strange. And also, would you not just have, like, cleaned it before you had a tenant come in? Like, it, we had, like, three or four days between the viewing and me actually going. So it's not as if it was a surprise. And I was like, hey, I'm in London. I want to see the flat now. Um, and then from that onwards, you know, you just kind of get red flags after red flags after red flags. Um, and that was just a, I left feeling really deflated for London after that because I didn't particularly want to be living with, like, three or four people. I could do, but it was it was a nice thought that I would just be because I'm not a massively social person at all and it was I like my quiet space and I like the, my bathroom do you know what I mean like it would be logistically more challenging to live with more people um as opposed to just the one um and so yeah I kind of I, I spent all of February and all of March and most of April actually kind of looking into London now uh, housing didn't go amazing and I, that was probably the main one that I was really set on up until I saw it the rest of them just kind of came and went I saw another one in Brixton which was lovely actually it was really lovely very homely four bed uh the other three the people living there were absolutely phenomenally gorgeous like just so nice so pretty just so nice um couldn't have wished for nicer people um but they were all Italian and they ended up picking a fourth Italian flatmate because obviously I understand it. I can't speak Italian. I understand they'd want to be connected to the culture, yada, yada, yada. But that was uh, that was a really fun experience to get to know them. Um, and I thought also Brixton would be pretty cool. I don't mind Brixton. Um, it definitely seemed more my vibe than around Bo. Um, but yeah, London London was a, was a funny time looking back at the start of the year to try and figure out to move to. Obviously, it's maybe a bit more difficult to kind of do what I'm doing in London because a lot of what I do I have to go off and you know chase my own opportunities so I spent a lot of time looking for corporate jobs um and just anything social media based yada 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 to try and get me into the field and maybe get something dependable so that I didn't have to worry so much about everything and I, it would make living in London a little bit more exciting and I wouldn't have to be working 24 7 like I, I kind of tend to get stuck in the habit of doing um and there was one job that I went for that I was really thought I was going to get, in all honesty. It was um, a job with uh, a charity, um, and it was a job that I would have been able to do in my sleep because I'd been doing it for a year and a half on TikTok. Um, I definitely knew um, a lot about the subject that the charity was focused on in personal experience. Um and the job was just to reinvigorate the socials and find new ways to get the message out. And I was like, 
fantastic. I've been doing this for you know a year and a half, as I just said. Now I've I've got some good accolades under my belt. I've got great network connections. There's no one better to represent this charity's mission than someone who's living with what they're actively campaigning and you know basing their charity around. And so basically, I had a preliminary call with one of the interviewer guys. Um, and kind of got smashed to smithereens a little bit. Um, it was a bit, a bit de- deflating again, I guess, is, 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 is a similar word. Um, and basically, I sent a, a cover letter and a CV over, and I was saying, hey, you know, I'm Jay. In the past couple of years, I've done this. Um, here is all my experience with HIV in real life, with people online. Here are the real-life accounts of people that are, whose lives that I've, they've said I've changed. Um, here's all the corporate work that I've done, my podcasts. Here's all this, you know, BBC stuff, Sky stuff, uh, magazines, like just general outreach, public speaking. Um, and there was one phrase that I said I had started a movement online, um, which I don't think is an unfair thing to describe the what, I was doing and what I am doing, I think I'm building a very nice community and it's very, it's probably my favorite part of all of this is, is the people and the the community that I seem to be finding along the way. And I basically got this sentence read back out to me over the phone as he was going through my cover letter. Um, and then I got told that it wasn't quite the movement I thought it was. And I was just like, what? And I was just like, okay. Um, and then the, the interviewer, the guy that had looked at my thing was just kind of basically saying that he didn't think I was having the impact that I seemed to think I had. And I was like, well, I mean, not even just going off the evidence and the, the work that I've done in the space of such a short time, but, you know, I've just given you proof of like real world examples where I've, I've changed real people's lives and I've had real people coming to me and saying these things, you know, I've take away the metrics, take away the millions of monthly views, take away the followers, take away the engagement, just get down to the actual physical things that have happened as, as, an, as, an, as a reality and as a result of me sharing my experience and doing this. I think movement's a pretty nice word because it's starting to spread out beyond myself. Um, and so that was a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the nuts, really. Um, and I've, I've learned along the way um, not to expect anything, I guess, from these corporations and people. Don't get me wrong at all. There are so many wonderful corporations that I work with that are absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I, I get along with incredibly well and I get along with in the sense that we work together incredibly well, um, really well. Um, but like, I am surprised by how much I've been able to do and how little some people will see it as me doing. For, for instance, there was a, there was another, another charity that I was, cause a lot of the, a lot of the work that I do, I do by reaching out to these charities and say, Hey, I, think I could contribute to this. I would love to contribute to this. Um, and so I reached out to a mental health charity earlier in the year as well, a, a big, well-known mental health charity um, that do a lot, a lot of work um, and a lot of good work. And I basically said, look, there's a whole whole margin that's been missed here. I really want to go into mental health, but I would love to do it under a platform that has some gravity to it where A, the name association would do wonders for me because people would take me more seriously, but B, I would love to get the, to have that platform to be able to get the message that I would like to share out there. And I basically, long story short, got told that there was nothing that they could do with me. Um, 
and I was just like, do I do do? I never said this. Obviously, I just after the email saying that they wouldn't really be interested in working with me because they didn't think it was um, oh, what was the word? Relatable, I think. Um, I was just like. Do I not have mental health? Um, you know, did I not almost, like, kill myself? Um, it was just really strange to get that kind of, not um, knockback, I guess knockback is the right, right word, um, because, like I said, it was something that I was going and offering and saying, I would love to contribute to help to do this. I want to I want to give you my work. I want to give you this. Um, so to be told no, that they didn't think it was very helpful was a bit of a, a bit of a, I guess for a want of a better word, a bit of an ego crash because, you know, not that it was related to my ego, but my sense of identity is that I was very able to contribute to these kind of things. You know, mental health is something that I feel like I can talk about considerably well. Um, I have a lot of experience on and I can definitely articulate in a in a approachable way um and so to be told that I could bring nothing to the table in in regards of mental health I was just like do you you have you not seen anything of what I've done like um but you just have you just have to kind of you just have to go kind of go along with it and just say okay like I can't I'm not going to try and convince you if you I will a little bit but if I keep getting knocked back I'm not going to be I'm not going to push to be, you know what I mean? You can't, you, 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 the door wasn't opening. The door wasn't opening. Um, and it's really difficult because it, it kind of leaves you feeling a little bit lost if you are facing massive resistance from kind of like everywhere, you know, corporations, real people. Um, you kind of feel a little bit lonely at the best of times doing this kind of stuff. And I think that's why it's so important that I have been able to find the community that I have because otherwise I would feel so lost. And I do still feel massively lost sometimes. Um, but I, it's so scary. It's so scary. Like, trying to understand what route I want to go down whilst also realising that a lot of doors won't open for me or won't be open for me because of how other people perceive me and, like, other companies perceive me. It's really scary, right? It's really scary. Like, I don't want to be idolized. I don't want to do the massive influencer thing. I don't, you know, I started this year, I think looking back, even, yeah, the start of this year as someone who is really fractured and really broken. And this is a really rewarding, rewarding path that I'm on. But there's so much of it, like I said, that makes me feel lonely and makes me do feel on my own. Sometimes the more, the more that I open up, the further away I feel. And I am separating myself willingly from the people around me by being so honest and intricate about my experiences. But it's hard to trust in your own decisions and retain that self-guiding system sometimes because you've only got yourself to go on. No one's telling you, you know, what is right and what is wrong. You have to decide. People can tell you what they like and people can tell you what they don't like. But, you know, like I've just said, there are going to be some people's voices who you'd expect to be approving of what you're doing and they don't and that kind of throws the whole system into disarray because you know with real people in real life you're gonna get yes and no's and you're gonna get hate and you're gonna get abuse and it's just part of the job but to have actual respected organizations turning around and saying we don't think you're doing as good as a job as you think you are and we don't think actually that you can contribute to our mission it's really scary and it it really gives you a bit a bit of an identity crisis, you know, everybody, 
everybody wants to be an influencer, right? Everybody wants to be a content creator. Everybody wants to be doing something, but it's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to sell out and just stop talking about issues that I really care about because I probably could do, let's be honest, I could probably gradually fade away from sex and mental health and identity and, you know, laying my heart on my sleeve. Um, and I could just do outfit of the day photos or I could do the, you know, five summer fits to get you ready for Ibiza or I could do the, you know, just the kind of outfit checks and just stuff that I guess uh, people will watch because it's me um, in the sense that they would watch that content from any creator because they are invested in the creator, which I understand is a very humbling thing. And as I'm saying it now, I'm like, wow, that's actually a really nice thing that people would probably watch my content regardless. But at the same time, that doesn't feed me. Like, what is my talent there? Just being myself, just looking like me, um, having... Uh, borderline basic fucking TikTok editing skills. Like, it just seems like such a waste of time. There's enough people doing that out there. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to do something that actually makes a difference. And, you know, it was really scary at the start of the year because I think I was really worried that if I stopped talking about HIV, I would have to stop talking altogether. And I would just be making monotonous content for the rest of my life online because you know would anyone really care that much about me if i wasn't talking about hiv oh my time is going off i'll be right back after i've eaten my frozen pizza alexa pause Hey, so I've had my pizza. I am incredibly full, incredibly full. I threw Perinés and barbecue sauce on the top of it, so literally my mouth right now is on just on fire. Um, but it was so good. It was so good. Um, where were we? I was kind of a bit of a rant, I think, about worrying that people would not want to listen to me anymore if I wasn't talking about HIV. But I was... In- incredibly worried at the start of the year that I would get bored and repetitive if I just talked about HIV. I was getting bored of talking about it. I think that was the main thing. I really struggled at the start of this year in terms of content and just general direction because I was so bored of what I was saying. I didn't care. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I didn't want to know. And a lot of that was not giving myself the proper time off that I needed from it. But going back out into discussing other issues and kind of getting a bit more feedback from people and just opening up to my friends about my career because that was something that I wasn't really doing up until the middle of this year as I was talking to my mates about this I would really try to keep it separate from my personal life because you know I didn't want it to kind of be everywhere I wanted to have some separation and in all honesty I think the the comfortability in confidence that I have around my status and everything HIV now. Being so bored of talking about it was a sign that I was really happy with myself and it just felt like I was just digging up old graves and I just couldn't be bothered. I didn't feel like I was adding anything. I didn't feel like I was contributing and I I didn't I didn't want to be doing that forever. You know, I, I wanted to find something else to do, something new to do. And so I just decided to stop worrying about it and focusing on it and just start having a bit more fun. I started being a lot more social, started meeting a new few new people who are fucking solid pals now. And I just realized that 
I needed to just get a little bit of balance back in my life. I was putting too much effort into work and no effort into anything else. And I was I was driving myself down into this spiral as much as everything else was. I was doing this to myself because I was making the same content and then complaining that I was bored, but I wasn't doing anything to change it. And I wasn't giving myself time off, but then complaining that I was burnt out. And I just needed to stop. I just needed to stop. I'd stop caring for a little bit. And I did stop caring for a little bit. And that's why I've been able to find a much more grounded sense of everything right now. You know, I am using this podcast series that you're listening to right now as a way to draw the line on my personal story with HIV, I think, because I've been through so much and I've definitely lived so many lives in the past couple of years with this but this really is the most fitting way to end this chapter of my life and move on because there's so much more that I can put my mind to and there's so much more that I want to do and you know it's not about going back to my old life and deleting my socials and you know going back into music journalism it's about having all these opportunities and deciding which way that I want to go rather than continuing down the same path because I feel like I have to do it for the sake of it you know um and I guess I guess it just felt so old at one point I guess I guess I I'm just really lucky that I'm in this wonderful headspace and I'm in this great state of mind and I'm here able to have the confidence and courage to be say I'm so bored of talking about how comfortable I am with my status. I would have killed for that at one point. Um, but now that I'm here and I've done it and I'm over it and I'm, I want to move on. I want to move on to what's next and I want to, I want to see what is next. I want to explore. You know, I still want to talk about a lot of stuff a lot of stuff and I still want to make a lot of impact and a lot of difference and I still want to be a voice of support for people living with HIV or other things that they're struggling with but I just need to I need to find out that next step and see where else I can go with this rather than just rehashing the same story over and over you know I've I really think this I think this journey has really shown me that it's given me it's a massive wake-up call because it's making me realize that I've wasted so much of my life trying to be something either to someone else or to myself or to family. You know, I've always tried to be something that I'm not when maybe I should have just stopped and just accepted myself for who I am. And the self-acceptance that's come with this journey is unparalleled. It's incredible. But that's just the thing. This feels like the first step. This doesn't feel like the top of the mountain at all. This feels like the very first, very first steps of an entirely new journey. And I am so excited, so excited to go and find out where it's going to take me.